Hello and welcome to this episode of the Oasis Church podcast, featuring a talk from Bringing Life, our series exploring the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Together, we see how Joseph is someone who brings life to those around him, even in some tough situations. How his story points forward to Jesus, the ultimate life bringer, and how the invitation for each of us is to be those who bring life in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. Ready? Here we go. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night and each dream had a meaning all of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me the dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, Remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put into prison. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favourable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh 
will lift up your head and impale your body on a pail and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Oasis, I'm Alice and I've got the absolute privilege of taking us through the next bit of the story of Joseph, uh, looking at Genesis chapter 40, so beautifully read by Graham Gordon. Um, we actually as a household got to, got to have a virtual cup of tea with Graham and Anne uh, last night and I, I joked with them about it being you know, high tea, let's have high tea together. They really did go for it, they pulled out the china cups and the cake and I am absolutely gutted we weren't there in person because that cake looked good. Graham and Anne, we miss you and we love you and it was just great to hear you reading there Graham. Um, how are you doing, Oasis? How are you, how's your week been? How are you feeling? Teachers, I just want to echo what Mike said. Well done. You made it to half term. You have all of our respect. Thank you for what you're doing. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. This has been hard, hasn't it? And I hope that the word I get to bring and have the privilege to bring to you this morning maybe gives us a bit of a lift, gives us some hope because it's hard at the moment. Something that has been bringing us as a household um, some joy is, uh, is gifts. Now, gifts, gifs, however you want to say it. There are some people in my life that I actually only really communicate through the mean of, means of gifts. Because <laughs> words just sometimes aren't enough. So I asked Oasis, what have some, been some of the gifts that have brought you uh, joy in the hard times? Let's see what they had to say, shall we? What's number one? Phil, can you roll for us? Ah, oh, excellent. Actually, this is one Phil sent in. I'll just put this over here with the rest of the fire. Don't know about you, but that's been some of my days this week. What about number two? What have we got following up? <laughs> now, this be, being um, the only medic in some of my friendship groups, lots of people come to me with questions about COVID, and this is often my response. I don't know. I know as much as you. So it's a great meme for some of those moments. What have we got following up? Ah, Someone sent this to me when I had um, a little bike incident earlier on this week. My own fault. Bikes and ice don't go together. I've learned that now. Um, but yes, this was me on my bike. So when I messaged a friend, said, fallen off. This is what I received. It really brought me a lot of joy. What have we got next? Ah, oh, Jenny Rochester sent this one through. Who else has been absolutely freezing this week? Like two hot water, hot water bottles in the bed this week. Um, thankfully, I've only got three layers underneath here, so we're all good. And what's this last one? I think this is probably going to be the best one. Roll away, Phil. Ah, oh, yes. This one was the one that made my week. <laughs> now, this one was sent through to me. Just after the excellent talk from last week, we said it had to be made into a GIF, and that GIF was going to have to go around Oasis. So here it is, everyone, my gift to you today. But in all seriousness, I was so encouraged by Adrian last week when we looked at God's presence with us through the painful times. Um, 
maybe we'll, we'll move that one off the, <laughs> the side so it's not quite so distracting because it's just too good. His love sustaining us even when everything around us seems to be falling apart. Um, and I really want to hang, us to hang on to that, that word that we heard last week, that verse in chapter, chapter 39, but while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Because we are not sustained by something within ourselves, as Adrian said to us last week. It's God's present, presence with us sustaining us with his faithful love that's not only sufficient for what we're facing but enables us to bring his love to those around us and that was just such an encouragement to me last week so before we uh, launch into chapter 40 youth not forgotten you I said to you on on Friday that I've got a little gift for you check your whatsapp hopefully there should be a little word document coming through to you with um, some questions to guide you through this talk you know in case I get boring at any points you know keep you on your toes um uh, and not forgetting about the younger characters that are maybe tuning in um, this morning, um, or if you're on catch up now, there should hopefully be a little YouTube link coming up on the chat for, for you to check out um, while your, your parents listen to me drone on. You can watch something that's a little bit more exciting. It's actually the best song from the film, Joseph. Now, if you're a weeper like me, you're going to weep through it. But it's part of the film that looks at this passage that we're talking about today. Um, and then maybe if you, when you finish with that video, you know, we're looking at dreams today. Why don't, why don't you draw out a picture of the best dream you've ever had? Go crazy. Go all out. I want to see the weirder the better. Says so a couple of little, little things that I want you to know you're not forgotten. This talks for you guys here as well. So let's get into Genesis 40, shall we? This story of Joseph, it really throws out the family dynamics, doesn't it? I mean, his brothers hadn't wanted him. They, although he behaved with integrity, been honest with them, they managed to get him kicked out and sold into slavery. Joseph on a high... Things were starting to look so not so good for him. But then things start to pick up. He continues to act uprightly, justly, with integrity, and he gets promoted within the house that he's working in until things again take an ugly turn. And he gets accused of something that he didn't even do. And if he didn't think things could get any worse, prison confirms that they do. And that's where we find him in this chapter. Is he bitter? Is he twisted? Is he fed up? Not in this chapter. He continues to serve with integrity, even in prison, even serving with the person who put him there. You see, in verse four, it describes Joseph serving as under the captain of the guards. And historians suggest that actually that was Potiphar, the guy who put him in prison in the first place. And yet he's the one that promotes him in the prison. You see, even Potiphar realised that Joseph shouldn't be there. Joseph's situation was a complete mess and there didn't seem to be any let up this is not the life he had signed up for, and it's certainly not the life that the dreams that we'd heard about at the start had promised him. The coat of many colours seemed a long way away now. You see, we find him about 11 years into prison, and that's where this story lands us. And for those of you that maybe like a heading to a talk, what I'm going to talk about is hope in the midst of disappointment. Now, there are too many disappointments to list at the moment, both as a result of COVID, but also... Life's hard even outside of pandemic. We make plans only to find that life doesn't go as we planned. Sometimes I feel that disappointment almost seems too soft a word. To me, this is more about heartache because this is not where we wanted to be. And I think recognising that is really important. Nowhere in this passage does Joseph pretend everything is fine, stay positive. He recognised that his situation wasn't what he wanted it to be. And some of us might be in that place today, recognising that we're disappointed, our hearts are aching, 
And as a church body, sometimes we need to come alongside each other in that place and just be present. And that's not easy because when you see someone hurting, you want to provide the solutions. And there may be a time to do that when you're invited to. But being actually able to be present with each other in our times of pain is something that's so powerful. And I've known myself even this recent period. Um, you know, I remember a particular moment where I just had a, a really hard day. And you know one of those days where you're already broken and then it, life just lays it on you. And I rang someone that's really precious to me. Um, and they are fantastic. They're, they're normally the go-to for good, good advice. And, and they were beginning to say lots of really helpful, encouraging scriptures to me. And I just, I just kept crying. That's just all I had was just tears. And they said something that was really wise. Um, and it's taken them knowing me a little while to be able to say this. But they said, I think you just need me to stay here while you cry, don't you? And that was exactly it. And it's so precious that we can have each other to draw, draw on in those times of pain. Our Father gives us one another as a physical reminder that he's with us. He is present with us in our pain. And even when we haven't got that friend to lean on, particularly when we're so far away from one another at the moment, we still have a source that never runs dry and never physically distances from us. The one who Adrian reminded us last week never leaves us. Our pain and honest disappointment is never too big for him. Joseph had been in prison for 11 years. Friends might have started to give up on him, maybe even question his innocence. But God was there, present, working, moving with him. And this characteristic of God is something that we see throughout the Bible, not just in the story of Joseph. Throughout the Psalms, David time and time again cried out to God and laid it out as it was because he knew that God not only wanted to hear it but could handle the depth of his disappointment, of his heartache, of his heartbreak. Psalm 27, verse 7 to 9 says this, Hear my voice when I call. Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my saviour. You can see that David brings his disappointment and heartache almost as a form of worship. We can come into his presence broken, bruised and in this crazy upside down world because he wants to hear it and speak into it. And that's why I love that song that we sang this morning, The Kingdom is Yours. It describes that God does not want us to present ourselves together, made up, perfect, sorted. We come to him broken and bruised in our disappointment. And he turns it around. Now, the appropriateness uh, of a single person speaking on disappointment on Valentine's Day was not lost on me. And of course, my first thought was, oh, avoid that, that's uncomfortable. And that's the thing with disappointment. It's uncomfortable, but it's worthy of time and it's worthy of dressing. So let me just give that a platform for a moment. And I know it won't apply to all of you, but I'd encourage you to listen up anyway. I'm not saying that singleness is the world's biggest disappointment, but you can speak best about what you know, right? And maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but single people, whether this season has been really hard for you or not, I just want to say hello and that you're seen and that you're valued. For some of us, this COVID land has been that little bit extra painful. 
And in, in normal life, we get to connect with family, don't we? You know, we get to see people around, see, see friends and family and be part and involved. But it's hard when actually maybe you're asked to stay away now, um, to keep your distance. Some of you have lost all connections with what previously felt like family. Unable to see nieces, nephews, godchildren and, and feel that family connection reinforces a disappointment of a life you didn't plan, maybe you don't want, and maybe you feel stuck in. Uh, for some of us, maybe it's a choice, but it's a choice that has consequences that can be painful. You see, I was really drawn to the verse, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And, and for me, this echoes one of the most painful moments in the Bible where Jesus is abandoned by his father. But we know in this moment, although the, the, the cupbearer has forgotten Joseph and he's been overlooked, God is still with him. Because to feel forgotten, overlooked or unsure if you still have a place at the family table can really hurt. I follow someone called Carrie Lloyd, who's a pastor in the US and, and talks a lot about singleness. And she described you know, her experiences of it in, in isolation and lockdown. You see, we just have to calm the battle in our minds of wondering if we still have a place to take in the world. I know we need physical touch. I know we need quality time. I know we need to feel like we're doing something useful. And I promise this won't be forever. Reach out and ask someone to join you, even if it's just to talk about how tough things are. Because for many of us, we are sitting, waiting for momentum. When all we need to hear is, yeah, you and me both. There's some real comfort in reaching out to one another, and I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, and this is not a criticism of families um, who, you know, in, in a way, so I think you guys have done a fantastic job of looking after us. And I, I was really touched by the amount of people that I had to tell when the bubble thing was announced. Um, it was really kind when people reached out to me and said, do you want to be part of our bubble? And I had to explain Boris Johnson's meaning of single, being single was not a relationship status. It was a household. And actually, I had two housemates. But that was really kind. <laughs> um, but see, actually, when I was praying into this more, because you know, I really wanted to do this right, what brought me most comfort you know, was partly knowing that I could reach out to people, but was knowing that even when Joseph had laid all his cards on the table, made himself completely vulnerable and still been overlooked by the one he trusted, God hadn't forgotten him. And God drew me to Isaiah 43, verse 2. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine because you are seen by the one who matters most. You are heard by the one who matters most. Your name is graven on the hand of the one who matters most. And I don't want to be patronising. I know it won't change the situation, your status, the way others see you or speak to you. But let me encourage you. Let it shape the way that you see you in your situation. Because to God, you're the most valuable thing. Because into disappointment, God brings hope. He never left the party. Genesis 39, I'm going to keep coming back to, but while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Because when we draw near to him, he draws near to us always. Because in him, we have a hope that will not disappoint. And for some of us, that's when we need to sit. Okay, drawing closer to him, being in his presence and allowing him to heal and restore us, allowing that hope to rest on us. Because it's from this place of healing and trust in him that something beautiful and quite incredible comes out of Joseph. There is a hope that manifests out of Joseph's disappointment. And I just want to talk through a couple of things that I found in that passage. 
Number one, eyes open to a way out of his situation. Joseph says, only remember me when things are going well with you again. Joseph is no doormat and he's not resigned himself to staying in prison. He is looking for a way out. He is not so distracted by his situation that he misses an opportunity to get out. He recognises the injustice of his situation. He even says, I've done nothing here that they should put me in a dungeon and is willing to point that out. Recognition of our disappointment doesn't mean that we just roll over and let life happen to us. Injustice is to be fought, solutions are to be looked for, and the blessing of being in fellowship in a family is that you can do this with the support and friendship of our brothers and sisters that we might sometimes need to look to for wisdom about how to get out of this situation and may need to fight for us when we don't have the energy or strength left to fight. Number two, eyes open to others in pain. The cupbearer cup and the baker had found themselves in a very similar situation to Joseph, if not worse, because they were potentially traitors to Pharaoh himself. The cupbearer normally tastes the wine before it was given to Pharaoh to prove it wasn't poisoned. And the baker served the bread directly to Pharaoh. So they'd obviously done something pretty bad to end up in prison. Genesis chapter 40, verse 6 and 7. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in the master's house, why do you look so sad today? Maybe because Joseph was feeling the same way, he recognised it in others around him. His eyes were open to the suffering going on around him. He wasn't so consumed by his own situation that he couldn't see the hurt around him. Not only did he see it, but he was able to speak into their situation. Not from his own source, not from his own supply, who does he point to in verse 8? We both had dreams, they answered, but there was no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpret interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. Joseph had spent time with God and was allowing God to work through him. And despite being in his own place of pain, he could give of that gift that God had put in him. But notice that where the cupbearer was allowed back to his original position, it didn't work out so well for the baker. Joseph's words redeemed the innocent, but the guilty were still punished. And this reminded me of a saviour, one who came not to restore the innocent, but the guilty, those who didn't deserve his help. You see, whilst Joseph's words gave hope and rescued the innocent, Jesus' death and resurrection means that we who are guilty of sin can be rescued and restored and returned to a relationship that we could never have earned or tried to deserve. In the Explore course this week, um, I've had the opportunity to be a part of, we've been looking at the passage in John that describes Jesus' death on the cross and that even as he hangs, undignified, abandoned, heartbroken on a tree, his eyes are open to others in pain. And in John chapter 19, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, this is as he's hanging, being crucified, he said to her, woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. To be able to give out of a place of pain is one of the hardest and one of the most rewarding things. And that's not, being, being, um, that's not saying we should steamroll into other people's situations when we think we understand what's going on there. Joseph was invited by the cupbearer cup and the baker to speak into their situations and from a place of God-inspired wisdom, change their situation around. 
Now, the number of conversations I've had with friends about what we're going to do when COVID's over, where will we go, how many people we'll have over to our flat, what gigs we'll go to, and never take going out for dinner for granted ever again. Although I must confess, Hope and Susie's cooking is second to none. And I'm sure Joseph did the same. But we can see reading over the story of Joseph that there is a change in his behaviour. You see, Joseph was open, had an open heart to what God was doing. This is number three. What starts as a slightly cocky young man who tells his brother that one day he's going to rule over him, he turns into a wise ruler of an influential nation, as we're going to see in a few weeks' time. You see, God was doing something with Joseph in the depths of the disappointment and the injustice, and Joseph's eyes were open and learning. Because we know we have a Father God who is in the business of bringing beauty out of chaos, of turning disappointment that we bring, the mourning that we are in, into dancing. In Romans, we really, Romans chapter 5, the author really describes the, the turnaround that can happen in the midst of pain. And this is the message translation. There's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how trouble, trouble can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectance such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. And actually just in the New Living Translation, I like the way it also puts this. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us in develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. This is not dead time, Oasis Church. Yes, we want lockdown to end and we're in it. God is on the move. Lockdown does not lock God out. He is always present, always moving. I recently heard a podcast with Emmanuel Acho, the creator of the videos Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And he said, the greatest things are birthed through discomfort. Sorry. Now, that's not saying you need to thrive in lockdown. If you want to nail that TikTok video or that sourdough loaf, Danny Adams, you, know, you are doing a fantastic job. Credit to you. I can't. I'm rubbish with TikTok and I've, all my sourdough loaves have turned out like little rocks. You be my guest. But that's not what we need to come out. That's not thriving in lockdown. Okay, that's not what we're aiming for. Let's instead have our, our hearts open to what God is doing in this season that we won't, hopefully won't get back to again. Maybe he's pushing us forward in areas wanting us to draw into a place, a quiet place with him. Either way, this is not dead time. This is a time when God is wanting us to draw closer to him, to hear his voice and allow him to mould and shape our hearts. Because he had big plans for Joseph, you see. Plans that Joseph could not even have predicted from his prison cell. Lastly, keeps hoping for and rooted in. Joseph didn't give up the hope for his release and we know that in time that did come, but that wasn't the case for all the characters in the Bible. Hebrews 11 is a beautiful description of lots of characters and the faith that they had in the goodness of God and his presence with them. But at the end of Hebrews 11, it describes this. These characters died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, they were assured of them, 
embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. Their faith remained, despite the fact that their situations were often disappointing and for the most part really painful. Joseph and the rest of the characters of the Bible were living in a messy, sin-filled world, unfair and painful. And so do we. We live between the now and the not yet. This world disappoints time after time. Because this world was not designed to be the source of our joy or our hope. You see, there's a difference in hoping for and hoping in. Hoping for things working out as we want them to and think that they should. But too often we put the source of our joy and expectation on that very flimsy hope. This is not the hope that God wants us to put our faith or our trust in because he has a deeper hope for us. One that we described earlier that does not disappoint. Tish Warren, an author and priest in the Anglican Church in the US, describes the root of her hope in the midst of a real painful time that you can read about online. She describes a hope in the resurrection, in Jesus Christ. The hope of the resurrection persists, and so does the goodness of God in the small moments of my day. Even today, even here, even now, grace surprises and abounds. I feel lost and in the dark, but mercy finds me again and again and again, sometimes slowly, but nevertheless. We have the hope in the saving grace of Jesus Christ, who conquered death and will bring us to a glorious resurrected life. Despite Joseph's painful and confusing situation, his hope was placed in, rooted in, deeply embedded in something so much bigger than any dream, plan or desire he could even imagine. He was seeking after a God who sees the end from the beginning, sees the restoration coming, sees the end of COVID, sees the kingdom on earth coming as it is in heaven. You see, we only have a glimpse of what's to come. We have seen part of God's faithfulness. Many of us have a testimony uh, of the times that he's poured love on us in times that we did not deserve. But hold on a little more. This is not the end. Hope is in the Lord. Keep your eyes on him. I'm just going to pray for us. Oh God, we're tired. And for many of us, we're at the end of ourselves. But you know what? Sometimes that's the best place to be because that's when you have to step in. Uh, we can't distract ourselves anymore. Lord, for where we've been hoping for things and maybe putting our trust and our hope and our joy in those things, Lord, just bring us back. Bring us back to the place it first began, where our relationship with you first started, our hope built on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, there's something powerful about this hope, isn't there? And when you really take hold of it, it spills out of you and you want to tell other people about it. Um, and I know we're going to hear about it in a little time, but I just want to throw it in there as a challenge to you. We've got an Alpha course coming up in a couple of weeks. Don't keep this hope to yourself. Is there anyone else in your world that maybe needs to hear this hope? Invite them along. <laughs>